Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome once again to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you're listening to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most, and then we invite you, our listeners, to listen in on the conversation, get a youth perspective, so that you can have these conversations with your own Catholic teenagers. On today's program, we are talking about rules. We're looking at the notion that religion has too many rules, the common complaint that um, if you're religious, it means you're restricted in what you can do and how you can live your life. So here to chat with us about this today are two teenagers. We have Blair, who is a student at New Albany High School and a parishioner at Church of the Resurrection. Welcome, Blair. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And we have Alyssa, who's a student at Westerville South and also a parishioner at Church of the Resurrection. Hi, hey, Alyssa. Katie. Thank you both for being here. Um, so I'm wondering, have you heard this complaint? That Christians have too many rules? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely. Most definitely, yeah. From friends or from media or just sort of from, I don't you know. know I like, think it's a combination of both, uh, but it definitely occurs, especially with friends, friend groups asking, why do you do this? Why do you not do uh, certain things, especially uh, around the Lenten year, Lenten season? Yeah, good uh, one. <laughs> Fridays, that is a, a common question in that time of the year. But yes, definitely. It comes up a lot. So... So what are people referring to when they say Christians have too many rules or religions have too many rules? What what do you think they're saying and what are they not saying, but they are meaning? Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think basically it's laying it out as they're so strict. You take a person and you cage them in when really giving us rules helps us to grow. It doesn't Mm -hmm. cut us off from the rest of the world. It doesn't make us some alien it is what we do, and it's great. Okay. So why are people so resistant to that? Like, why why is our culture so anti-rule? I think it goes into this idea that St. John Paul II brought up a lot about, about the culture of death and this culture that people are have to be, you know, the keeper of themselves and have to liberate themselves in some way to where they think they're always in control of themselves and always having to push themselves to be into the mold of society. Uh, But in actuality, people have more rules when they're not uh, living a religious life because they're forcing themselves to live into the media and the popular culture's idea of a human. Let's expand on that. That's an interesting concept. Okay, so people have more rules when Mm -hmm. they're not living a religious life. And I think these rules, you know, they would never say it's a rule. But actually, in the uh, undercurrent, it really is rules, especially like... Oh, so like a a cultural mm -hmm. expectation. Sure. Okay. That's definitely a a good example of that. Alyssa, so what is your perspective on that? Like, why do people... Why are we such an anti-rule? Like, you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me how to live. Your religion is too confining. is there a reason for that, do you think? I mean, I think because ever since we're young, we're always thought to talk, to think, like, out of the box. Um, don't go with the flow. Don't, 
do exactly how you're told. Do it your way. When really, all they want you to do is exactly what they say. So I think ever since we're young, we're taught to go against everything that we're told to do. So that we can be original, so that we can be unique, so that we can be ourselves. So we, yeah. Uh, Chris Stefanik has a really funny analogy for that. He says, um, son, you see those yellow lines on the road? You don't have to pay attention to those lines. <laughs> Do your own thing. Be your own person, you know? And, uh, and, and that's such a good illustration, right? Our God is not a strict God who wants to control us, right? Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a loving God who wants us to be truly alive. And the church has been developing that concept for 2,000 years, you right. know, and figuring out how to help us be fully alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to play a clip that I think is so perfectly suited for what we're talking about today. This is a Ken Yasinski the clip is from a Catholic minute. These are it, it's more than one minute, but that's what he calls it. So I just want to make that disclaimer for him. But um, let's listen and see what he says. Archbishop Fulton Sheen is famously quoted as saying, "There are not more than 100 people in the world who hate the Catholic Church, but there are millions who hate what they perceive the Catholic Church to be." Oftentimes, much of our struggle with the church is actually. Not the church itself, but our perception of it. I know this has been true in my own life with things that I've struggled with regarding the church's teaching. One example of this was the church's teaching regarding contraception. I totally misunderstood the intention of the church. And because I misunderstood the intention and the reasons why the church teaches what it teaches, I was at one point ready just to pick up that teaching and put it to the side. But it was only when I came to understand the why behind the what that I truly fell in love with, with what the church teaches regarding human, human sexuality. Much of the world looks at the Catholic Church and looks at all the rules and thou shalt not and you shouldn't do this, you can't do this, can't do this. And the church is seen as oppressive and restricting and taking away freedom. And that's not the church's intention at all. The church considers herself to be a sign in the world, showing us, revealing us how to experience God's full purpose for our life. All the church's teachings point us to the person of Jesus Christ, who alone can satisfy the longing for joy within our hearts. You know, life is a journey, and we can take many different roads, and some of the roads that we can travel down are dead ends. And so the church stands up and says, don't go down this road because it doesn't lead to fulfillment. It doesn't lead to happiness. You know, we can travel down the road of selfishness. But the church stands up and says, but there's a better way. The life of generosity and and, and love is fulfilling. We can travel down the road of lust. And the church stands up and says, but it does not satisfy the longing for love. We can travel down the road of greed and materialism and and the church will sit up and say that road is a dead end. You see, the church is there not to constrict us, but to put us on the path that leads to fulfillment and peace and ultimately eternal life. One of the greatest values in life is not what we get, but who we become. And one of the things that the church does is it clearly proclaims a path for us to walk down so that we can become the person that God has created us to be. So if there's something that we struggle with regarding the church, we should stop and ask ourselves the question, is it possible 
that maybe it's not the church's teaching that I struggle with, but my perception of the Catholic Church. So again, that was Ken Yasinski with, uh, from A Catholic Minute talking about the misconceptions or the false perceptions that people have about the church and her rules and the purpose of those rules. Um, so we're here today on Raising Saints with Alyssa and with Blair, and we're talking about our perspective on the rules, the church's rules. So uh, I love what he says in this clip. The church considers herself a sign in the world, showing us how to experience God's full purpose for our lives. That statement encapsulates what I love about being Catholic, (laughs) what I love about knowing the rules, knowing the black and white, knowing what the path is, and knowing when I've stepped off of the path. There's no confusion. <laughs> I don't know. What Did you guys have any thoughts or reflections on that clip that we just listened to? Yeah, one of the things I took away is, and what I drew a contrast uh, connection to, rather, is that Jesus came and gave us not only great lessons and teachings and was the source of salvation for all human life, but he gave us the church. And the church has consistently, through sacred text and sacred tradition, guided us for 2,000 years. And it truly is, uh, it's a beautiful point, a beacon for light and reason in a hurt and troubled world. Absolutely. And I love what Bishop Fulton Sheen said about how people don't hate the Catholic Church. People Mm -hmm. hate what they incorrectly believe the Catholic Church to be. What are your thoughts on that? Alyssa, on any of it on the clip? Um, well, I love his take on the perceptions because for me personally in high school, um, it's not really what people know. It's what they think they know. Mm. So, I mean, when people talk to me about my faith, they give me all these like wrong informations, how they picked it up from TV shows or movies or on street signs. Mm-hmm. And these aren't real. They're your perceptions, they're, most of them are incorrect, and they just give such a negative view on everything that we as Catholics believe. Do you find, Alyssa, that you have opportunities to sort of correct some of those misconceptions, or, or do we live in too much of a like soundbite culture where you have exactly 10 seconds to <laughs> clarify <laughs> all of the heresy <laughs> in the world? I mean, are, are you able to engage people in conversations? That- I mean, I definitely try to. If you ask me about my faith, I will give you my answer, my beliefs, whatever mm-hmm. I believe, I will tell you straightforward. The only problem is some people, they don't care what you have to say. They take what they know and they go for it. Mm-hmm. Or they just don't want to hear what you have to say. Sometimes it convicts people to hear truth and they don't want to be convicted. And another point is it's always easier to be the attacker than it is to be the defender in some circumstances, especially when people throw these things at the church, you know, these misconceptions and these lies and these, you know, misconstrued uh, Bible verses that they kind of pluck from different points from the New Testament to the Old Testament to make this, you know, hollowed out argument against the church. And it's sometimes very difficult. Uh, for especially teenagers like myself and Alyssa and all over the world to really make a strong argument, especially when um, it's in such a context to where they don't have they have such a low level of education, not to the fault of their own, but such a low level education on the ideas of the church that you don't even know where to start 
when you have to clarify some of these major misconceptions of the church. That, that's what I find, too. Sometimes you have to go so far back to the root of a teaching mm-hmm. <laughs> that if you don't have the time to do it, you're almost better off mm-hmm. to just approach that person with love and say, I'm sorry we don't agree. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. And not try to... Uh, uh, it's hard. It's really hard. And, and we live in such a fast-paced world and a world where people's opinions are already so solidly formed, even if incorrectly formed. I love I love John 10.10. I think this is such a perfect encapsulation mm-hmm. of why we have rules. A thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came so that they might have life and more, have it more abundantly. So in your experience, how is a Christian life more abundant than life without Christ? Well, I definitely feel this kind of love that is always there. For me personally, growing up Catholic, my family is Catholic. My dad is extremely religious and... um We've just always had this kind of, if you're going through something rough, there's someone who you can talk to, you can tell them anything, and God will always listen. And so definitely for me growing up Catholic, it's helped me to see like that no matter what I do, no matter what path I take, it'll always be okay as long as I believe in Him. And like uh, in the clip we just heard, it doesn't satisfy a life that where you're just living to your own sin and your own devices. It simply doesn't. The the time in my life where I feel the most full and the most spiritually, uh, I guess, enlightened and optimistic is when I'm celebrating Mass and really thinking about how much love God has for all of us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this profound awareness mm-hmm. of your purpose and your... Uh, the love with which we were created and the image, you know, whose image mm-hmm. in which we were created. What are some ways in which not having rules can steal and slaughter and destroy lives? You probably have witnessed these sorts of things firsthand in school. And I mean, mm-hmm. well, I mean, if you take it and look at it in kind of like context, if you have a child, say five years old, and you tell them that they can go to bed whenever they want, they're going to go to bed late, maybe like 12 o'clock, and then they'll have to get up early, and they won't get enough sleep. So you tell the child, you need to go to bed at 8 o'clock, so when you wake up, you're well rested. That's a great example, and and not even an extreme example, (laughs) just like common sense example, Mm -hmm. yeah. My son informed me yesterday, I'm going to go to bed when I want to. And I said, well, (laughs) you let me know how that works out for you when I'm waking you up in the morning for school. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same. It's 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 for our good. It's for our benefit. Mm-hmm. It's for our health, our spiritual health. It, yeah. it, you know, in, in like manner to the this, that great example of the child, it's like uh, teaching a child pleases and thank yous. It becomes after teaching and reminding a child over and over again, you know, to say please and thank you when they're, they're given something or they, they give, um, it becomes second nature. And it you can see people who say please and thank you just on a common conversational level go further uh, when it comes to people interacting with people and growing in relationships when they have second natured manners like that. Has there ever been a time when you were grateful for the rules or thankful mm-hmm. that there was a rule and you knew what it was? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I go to a public school 
And so drugs and sex is very big. And as Catholic, that's like, no. And I know for me, that's a no. And I'm glad that my parents have always taught me that this stuff is bad for you. You do not want to do this. You can't do this. Because if I'd never had someone tell me that I couldn't, I might try. Because it's so prevalent. Mm-hmm. Because it's yeah. so like normal, mm-hmm. so, so to speak. Yeah. And there's no way that could end up good. So. Yeah. And we see, ex- we see examples of that all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. And like I... A rule, for example, is I'm always really happy, for example, just in school to get your homework done, to be to be taught that that's a rule that when you're given an assignment, it's important to do it and do it to your best ability. Because in the long run, it helps you. It helps you immensely, especially when it comes to just in school, uh, testing and quizzing. But in life, it sets a principle that every job you try to achieve, you try to do it to your best ability and do it. Uh, the best way you can. And I'm thankful that there are rules in place, there's structure for me so that I know that through life, if I keep those same principles and morals, that it will lead to success eventually. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Raising Saints on AM 820. I'm Katie Wyatt. We're here today with Alyssa and Blair, and we're talking about rules, just the rules that our church sets for us and the, the perception that our culture has on these rules. Um, so has there ever been a time when you weren't grateful for the rules, when you were frustrated by the rules or upset by the rules or wishing, you know, why why does my church have so many rules? Well, I mean, for me, I'm very active in my school life. So sometimes Saturday nights are and Sunday mornings all day, like overnight sleepovers, parties and stuff. You want to go and you want to have fun. However, I need to remember that I have to go to church and sometimes that's a great example. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a very common mm-hmm. example. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I'd rather go to this party or stay over at someone's house. And then, well, you can't because you have to go to church. Right. So, but then when you get to mass, you're never like, see, I knew I should have gone yeah, to that exactly, party. Exactly. Definitely <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah. I heard a, a really cool approach to defending to Christians, defending rules, defending living mm-hmm. by rules. Um, which are actually, rules isn't even the right word, you know, like guidelines, values, or morals, or convictions is more what we're talking about. But um, the approach was to put the positive spin on it, right? So rather than, I'm pro-life because abortion is heinous and barbaric, right? Instead, the spin is, I'm pro-life because every life is a sacred gift from God, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think we can do that with every single rule or value or tradition that we hold um i don't know what are some other examples can you think of so there's a there's a positive side to different issues that people usually see as restrictions right so Alyssa, your example going to mass every sunday mm-hmm. it's not a oh Alyssa, don't even ask her to come because she has to go to mass right there's a positive side to that, which would be, I don't know, what, what do you, what's your you experience? You get to go to Mass. You get, yeah, you get to, to celebrate the Holy Mass, which is a gift to all of us, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You right. definitely get to learn, too, so that's always helpful. Uh, what about, like, um, the positive side? So, for example, we know we can't go out and get drunk and party mm-hmm. and do drugs, and, and so people see that as, wow, you're not having any fun, right? Mm-hmm. But what's the positive side? What's the upside of that? What's your experience? The positive side is... That you're fulfilling yourself not with temporal indulgences to your own devices, but that you're filling yourself 
with strong morals and a belief in God that will consistently guide you to live a better life and keep you on a path to a greater future than you would be if you were just listening to society or to your own uh, little voice in your head that's every Friday or every Saturday asking, you know, telling you to go to a party. You have to uh, upkeep your social reputation, things like that. Um, And your view is... It, so that's a long-term benefit, right? Sure. And there are even short-term benefits. Like, mm-hmm. how many people do you know who have gotten in trouble and, like, <laughs> altered their future in mm-hmm. some way because of, you know, doing things that they shouldn't have been doing and knew they shouldn't have been doing, right? People are willing to take crazy risks oh, to yeah. break rules. Yeah. Um, and some people say we're missing out on life when we follow the rules. But uh, when we don't, follow the rules what are we missing out on the potential to live with the heavenly father for eternity so you know and that's that's something that's probably difficult sometimes for teens to grasp you know that you're doing little things now and staying away from certain things at certain points in your life well everyone stumbles uh you know obviously everyone falls everyone sins but certain things that you do or rather choose not to do can have great impacts uh, in your past life to living with the Father forever. Mm. Yep. Absolutely. But we live in a culture where people don't believe that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I also think that the rules help for us to develop, like, physical my- morality, um, how you view yourself, how you view other people. Mm-hmm. If you live in the norm, you have to wear your hair a certain way, wear certain clothes. But when you really think about it, it's myself that matters. It's how I view myself, not how everyone else views me. Yeah, that's a, a great person. And if I may, yeah. a great thing that helps me really remember that in Scripture is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, where God is saying that we weren't put on this earth so that we'd be heart-heavied and have woes and troubles and be stressed all the time. But he gave us this life that where we may have a future, we may have eternal life with him, but we may also live and reap the benefits on this earth that he and his ch- and his church has given us. Do you do you ever have to defend the fact? That, so you're you're both speaking so articulately about like how you've embraced this. Like this is for me. This is this is how I want to mm-hmm. live my life, and I know the benefits long term and short term. But do you ever have to defend that? Like, do people criticize you for being too uptight or too religious or closed minded, or you never have any fun? Yeah, I'm definitely called a goody girl all the time, Mm -hmm. but it's not because that's how you view. It's your perspective. Right. And I keep this perspective as it's not being this cliche, goody, goody. It's being how I want to see myself. I want to follow the rules. I want to look forward and see I have eternal life with God. I don't want to go out, do drugs and ruin my brain stems so I can be part of the like norm mm-hmm. and to live a life like to her point to live a life you can be proud of and to look back maybe tomorrow or what you did today but in 10 years 20 years 50 years and say i'm proud of what i did then i'm proud of what i i did i'm doing now and i'm hopefully proud of what i'll do tomorrow you know what, blair that is such a mature insight for you to have at your age because i can't tell you how many adults wish they had had mm-hmm. that when well, they were 16 you. years thank old, you. right? Like, um, man, if I had only known then what I know now, I would have made a lot of mm-hmm. different choices, you know? So, 
oh man, my prayer for you guys is that you you really stick where you, you mm-hmm. know, stay where you are, which I think you both will. Um, okay, one more quick question. Rules or guidelines or morals or values or whatever you want to call them, they, they offer solutions to problems and they clarify confusion and, and they answer questions. I mean, we can see very clearly the value. Yet, we live in a culture that wants no rules, right? Mm-hmm. For some reason, no rules is more attractive. Sure. Why? Why is that? I think it kind of goes back to this whole, ever since we're little, we're taught to think out of the box. So when you go and you say, I do all of these rules every single day, they look at you and say, why? That's so weird. Why don't you just be yourself? When really these rules help me to be myself. What would you add to that, Blair? Anything? Well, yeah, I think she said it perfectly. Um, Especially to the point that people always think just naturally that they're better than certain things that they you know i'm well i don't have to do that because i i already know that i won't break the rules or i i don't have to worry about consequences or anything like that but for me the church is a guiding light for me to look back and examine my conscience and say look am i proud of what i'm doing now am i able to say i'm happy uh, am i happy in general but also am i happy that uh, that the things i'm doing will help me lead to where I'll be happy tomorrow and in 5, 10, 15 years, like I said before. And so I think that's one of the, the great points that people have this perception that they just need to be happy now when sometimes that doesn't satisfy you. Right. You should, what I think and what the church teaches is that you should live a life to where you are always going to be doing and being productive and living a life to where you'll always be proud of yourself. And being the striving to be the person God sure. created you yeah. to be. Yeah. That's what I yeah. think people are lacking is the understanding that mm-hmm. God created us to be something specific. And Not we need a copy. To, that's right. Mm-hmm. Thank you both very much for Thank sharing you for your insights. Thank it's you. been Katie. great talking to you. Um, we're going to close with a quick prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord, for our church. Thank you for the guidance that she provides. Thank you for clarity and wisdom. And uh, Lord, we just ask that you forgive us when we step off of the path that you've laid before us. Thank you for the support we have to get back on the path, the support we have in our Christian community. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni Sancti.